This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Ren, I was thinking, do you own any of the massive companies in the US? No, mate, none of them. Yeah, why is that? Too expensive. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway goes for like $290,000 a share. Amazon is like $1,500 for one share. Hell, I can't even afford Netflix at 300 bucks a share. Yeah, well, instead of waiting around for a pay rise, there's no need for that anymore because our friends over at Stake, they've solved this problem for you. Really? Tell me more. So, Stake is the simplest way to trade US shares. It's a new Australian company that's just started up and they give you access to over 3,000 stocks and ETFs over in the US and they offer you $0 brokerage. You can also buy partial shares, meaning, Ren, that you can finally buy $100 worth of Amazon if you really want to. And you know what the best part is? What's the best part? Now, we've teamed up with Stake over here at Equity Mates. That's you and me, Ren. Yeah. And we're giving our listeners the ability to sign up with Stake and get $25 in their account to get them started. So, if they head to equitymates.com forward slash stake, S-T-A-K-E, sign up and fund their account, Stake's going to swing them 25 bucks into their trading account to get them on their way. So that's free brokerage, the ability to buy partial shares so you don't have to spend 1500 bucks on an Amazon share. You can buy $100 worth if you, st- if you really wanted to and 25 bucks to get you going. Mate, you're almost halfway there to a Berkshire Shire Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> Berkshire Shire Hathaway. <laughs> Mate, with that free 25 bucks, I could get 0.01% of a Berkshire share for free. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a win-win situation, really. You know what? I reckon if I held that 0.01% of a Berkshire share for like 80 years, I'd be set for life. I'd retire in luxury. Well, get started. Yeah, I'm going to right now. Equitymates.com forward slash stake. Steak, S-T-A-K-E. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be back with you. As always, how's the week been? 
It's been good. It's been good. We um we got a good interview today, which I think. Well, I mean, I learned a lot from, so I'm hoping our listeners learn a lot from it as well. Yeah, same. I found it very interesting. It was good to go back to talking about the simple things in investing and and financial management. And with our guest today, that's certainly what we did. We talked about the basics of savings and a lot of tools and techniques that are out in the in the world at the moment that can really. Uh, accelerate your savings plan so that if it's a house that you're saving for or your first stock or whatever it is, then uh, we talk about all the tools and techniques, as I said, that you can get stuck into. So yeah, I definitely learned some stuff. It was good. I enjoyed it, Ren. Yeah. We should say who it is. So it was was, um, Graham Cook was his name or is his name. Uh, He probably hasn't changed it since the interview. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Graham Cook is his name. Uh, he is the insights manager at finder.com.au. For people who don't know what Finder is, it's a comparison website that lets you compare everything from different insurance policies and different credit cards all the way to uh, different crypto uh, asset. It's a comparison website where you can where you can compare anything really um, and try and get the best deal. So we thought, uh, who better to speak to about getting the most out of your savings and your investments? Yeah, so get stuck in. Yeah, enjoy. Now, before we go, uh, one last plug for Thought Starters. If you haven't signed up, make sure you do. Best way to start your week, five interesting articles in your inbox every Monday morning. Head on over to our website and sign up for Thought Starters. As Ren said, email every Monday that we cover the basics and a whole bunch of information to stop, well, save you from doing it yourself. So, enjoy Graham. All right, well, we're here with Graham, who is the insights manager from finder.com.au. Welcome to the show, Graham. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Very well, very well. So, just to kick things off for our listeners, are you able to give us a bit of a rundown as to A, what does finder.com.au do and uh, what is your role as an insights manager? So Finder basically is, is a financial comparison site. Um, there's a few of them on the market, but we try to compare more um, things than anybody else has to aim to compare the site that compares virtually everything. So we cover stuff like home loans, credit cards, insurance. Um, we've recently started covering crypto to quite a, quite a deep depth, but also not non kind of traditional stuff for comparison sites like broadband packages, mobile phone packages, and travel as well. So we we kind of have a big publishing team who are constantly producing content and guides on these topics, but we compare kind of across the market and all those as well. Um, I'm the insights manager. My role within Finder is kind of like research, really. I run a little research team, and we um, spend a lot of time mining data sources, so information from the Reserve Bank of Australia, information from the ABS, um, and also information that we have internally because we monitor the whole credit card market, the whole home loan market, um, and looking at those sources to try and find um, trends, try and find stories of public interest, and then, and then get those um, in, in the media um, with Finder people uh, talking about those topics. So that's kind of what I do. So we'll we'll get into some of your insights and uh, we'll talk about uh, some ways our listeners can benefit from your insights in a little bit. But to kick us off, Focusing on you and your personal uh, sort of investing journey, how, how did you get interested in markets and finance and investing? And do you have any personal you know, investing philosophy or any investing strategy that you follow? 
Yes, I'm not the biggest investor, to be honest. I'm not kind of like I'm 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 focusing on uh, investing in property in Australia at the moment. So trying to build up a deposit, um, but not the biggest kind of investor in in traditional financial markets. More focused on trying to maximise savings as much as possible, even though that's a lot of uh, other areas of what Finder covers. Well, that's uh, something that we have discussed in the show, um, sort of way back when we first started, was forming good habits for savings. Um, because obviously it's critical to building up capital to begin investing. You can't obviously start with nothing and then just hope to have a house. Um, so does Finder offer any resources for beginner investors or those looking to uh, begin saving for a house and, and sort of what sort of resources are they? So guides is kind of the main main resource that we have produced covering a huge range of financial topics. But uh, from the investment angle, we produce uh, some share trading guides and list a bunch of different share trading platforms on the site. Um, also, crypto investment is something we've gotten into quite massively. That's that's hugely taken off recently. There's a lot of different crypto guides. I'm actually working mm -hmm. on, on one myself looking at crypto mining and the energy costs in that and whether that's kind of a viable thing to be looking at doing in australia spoiler alert that it's not <laughs> in some other countries but we're just kind of constantly exploring all these different areas and we've also got some superannuation investment guides on the site as well which may be useful for your listeners yeah very much so do you charge for these because it sounds like you know that there's a lot of information there and uh, something that, I mean, I'd be interested in definitely having a look at the crypto, for example, but a lot of these places where you'd go and find sort of reports on this sort of stuff charge, do you charge anything for these resources? No, no, all of this is completely free. It's all it's all open um, to the public. All of, all of our content is public facing. We, we use it to drive traffic to the site and then the, the platform channels people through to other products, but all, all the actual content on the site is completely free. Oh, nice. So, Graham, the, the reason we got you on today is we want to uh, benefit from some of your insights and some of the work you, you've been doing uh, at Finder. And so, we want to talk about some ways that we can grow our savings and some uh, sort of new investment technology and new investment opportunities that are out there. So, yep. let's start with savings. Um, you know, you, you said before that you're saving for a house and that, that's your focus at the moment. So, um, very high level, what are the main things that our listeners need to keep in mind when they're thinking about saving, you know, for a deposit or for that first investment? And what are the big influences on how well they can save? So, the biggest influencer, influencer on how much you can save in Australia at the moment is, as you probably know, the RBA cash rate. Now, this, this is the rate that determines the interest amount that you will make in a savings account in Australia. And it usually goes up and down. There's a decision on the first Tuesday of every month as to how the cash rate's going to move. And all of the savings accounts and all the home loan um, interest rates will, will uh, move as soon as the cash rate moves. We've seen an unnaturally long period, it's been over a year and a half now, of, of stagnation in the cash rate. So it's sat at 1.5%. It hasn't moved um, for over a year and a half. I think it's actually the longest period in uh, that it hasn't moved as long as records have been kept, and we just passed that this month. So it is a... A hugely low interest world at the moment, 1.5%. We haven't seen a stretch of interest that's this low in, 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 in a long time. So for those who are trying to save through traditional methods, you know, the, the options are kind of few and far between. You'll see a lot of savings accounts with the, the big four banks, which are offering a kind of semi-attractive rate up front, 2.5%, maybe 3% in some places, which is actually just an introductory rate. 
um, for the first three or four months of having the account, and then it will drop. We're seeing with with many banks now that the, the base rate that those accounts then drop to is sometimes even below 1%. I'm seeing kind of 0.8% on the market. So it's definitely a difficult kind of environment for savers at the moment. But there are other savings accounts you can you can focus on to kind of um, to increase what you can earn on your savings. So 0.8%, I mean, that's virtually nothing. Mm. And if you've got a large amount of money sitting in there or you're consistently putting money in there, you know, the markets are going up at, a probably faster rate than 0.8%. So what are some, if, if, you, if you're not ready to put your money in the market and you're not ready to put it in another asset and, and you do want to just put it into a bank account, are there any ways that other than these introductory offers that you sort of speak of that you can try and maximize your return from interest? Yeah, absolutely. You need to look at accounts which will give you a bonus interest rate like you will get with those those accounts I was talking about before. But rather than giving that for a temporary period of time, you'll get that interest rate as long as you fulfill certain conditions ongoing. So some of the big four banks have accounts like this. Um, as long as you, you open a savings account, deposit money continuously and don't make any withdrawals, that's the key bit because you can't then access your savings. You can access slightly better savings interest rates. Westpac is 2.3%. Combank is around kind of 1.7 to 2.3. ANZ is 1.7. Um, so they're kind of better rates than, than nothing, but it does kind of lock in your savings. But the best uh, flexible savings accounts on the market right now are actually from the online banks. Um, mm. So two of the kind of best ones here are ING and ME, where you can get it's 2.8% with ING and 285 with ME ongoing. So continuously on your savings, as long as you fulfill certain conditions. So usually that means making a, a purchase with a debit card with an associated current account every month or every week and we're getting your wages paid into your account, basically doing your, your everyday banking with, with those banks. But once you do that, you can access ongoing rates of 2.8 and 2.85. Now, comparing that to the big four, we were talking about the 0.8, you, you commented that it was, uh, it was very low. If you're investing from a 20K base, $100 a month, not a lot of money, um, the difference over three years you would make between that low rate and the ING is, is 2K profit rather than 560. So it does make it a big difference overall. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, the 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 ASX averaged five point five percent growth over the last um, ten years. So you know, maybe, yes. maybe slightly <laughs> risk averse, you might do better too. <laughs> so Graham, you really seem to know your stuff. You know all the different uh, interest rates uh, that are out there, and all the different banks are offering. Does Finder offer a like a comparison tool or something like that, where our listeners can go on and see the different savings rates they could get? Yeah, you can go on to find you can compare all um, all bank account saving rates in the country, everything, and you and you can look up kind of write ups on each of them and reviews on each of them and, and kind of see what is most suitable to you. And you can also um, see kind of alternatives if if you wanted to get more out of your savings than that two point eight percent or two point eight five from ME, um, you can look at alternative options that are coming onto the market now, like one of which, for example, is is peer to peer lending. So rather than um, leaving your money in a bank and letting it accumulate, you actually lend it out to people who are looking to borrow money and you'll get a, a bigger interest rate um, on that, even at slightly higher risk than you will with a bank. So Ratesetter, for example, at the moment, um, are reporting 7.8% return on their uh, funds if you invest with them over over three years, which would produce 5K on your 20K investment rather than two. So there are alternative options out there if you want slightly more risk um, than a savings account, but not as much as actually investing in shares. 
So is there more risk with lending to, you know, directly to peers? Because I guess when a bank takes your deposit, they then go lend that money out. So in effect, it's a similar thing. You're just cutting out the middleman being a bank. But does that add Mm. more risk to the equation? Yeah, more risk, more return as as the way the way it goes. So definitely there is more risk involved. I've spoken to people who have invested with um rate setter and, and and alternatives and actually haven't spoken to anybody who had any issue getting a return at the end of it. But there is a certain level of risk involved. So it's definitely worth doing your research and not investing, you know, all of what you've saved. It, it may be maybe worth a dabble on the side initially anyway and see how you go. Mm. So you would you would recommend splitting across uh these these sort of alternatives to maximize your return essentially yeah diversify so I, I've, I've got one of the, the high-end savings accounts myself but i've also got a, a a little bit of a rate setter account so it's kind of a, a something that's interesting to experiment mm. in separately but yeah um I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be putting all your funds in there either so you you say there you've got two um two sort of main ways to save and uh it's good to talk to our listeners about methods of saving uh, in terms of you know you get your lump sum pay and then it's good to have a, a consistent um, sort of strategy in place. Do you have a particular strategy in place or know of, of a simple one that sort of works really well that would be simple to put into place for some of our listeners? I think with saving, the thing is just to keep it regular. Often, if you if you take a certain <clears throat> amount away from what you get paid every month, that is something you can afford to lose. And you set up a direct debit where that constantly gets transferred to a savings account, for example. As soon as your pay comes into your account, you'll find that your spending will kind of adjust to accommodate what you have left to spend. And, and you know, over the course of 12 months, if you put it into a high-end savings account, that, that amount that you've transferred across will, will build up quicker than you could think. So it's really setting up that direct debit. So it happens automatically. You don't have to think about it. Mm. Um, and then and then you'll, you'll adjust kind of automatically quicker than you realize. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Graham, we, we started with talking about the RBA, and I want to bring mm. it back to the RBA because, as you said, you know, the world has, has been in a very low interest rate environment. You know, in uh, Japan, we've even had negative interest rates. There's a lot of talk that the world is sort of coming out of that. We're getting a little bit of inflation back in the system, and there's talk that interest rates will start to rise again. What what should people do in a rising interest rate environment to maximize their savings? It depends on whether you're looking at home loans or savings. What's going to happen to the cash rate is going to be, be interesting depending on who you listen to um, in terms of rising rates. So we, we survey leading economists every month. We have 30 or 40 that take part in um, in a panel that, we, that we, kinda, we use to research. And we've been doing it for years now. And they've all, for the last year or so, constantly been saying that the next cash rate in Australia is going to be up. But the time when they say that upwards cash rate movement is going to happen keeps moving forward more and more and more. I mean, a year ago it was around now, or even before now, they were saying the next movement was going to happen. But now um, most of the economists are saying probably no cash rate movements for the rest of this year. And then the, the, the predictions for next year are evenly spread. But I'm seeing some economists saying maybe nothing even till, till kind of Q3 or Q4 next year. So we might not be seeing much action in Australia over the next kind of 12 months or so. But we are seeing some in the US. So the Fed Reserve has increased rates um, and it looks like they will do again. And normally in Australia, anyone with a mortgage, the bank will increase the interest rate in the mortgage once the RBA increases the interest rate here. But we've seen some banks increase interest rates, even though the RBA hasn't. This is something we call Mm. out of cycle rate hikes. And they're rare enough 
we, we got a couple kind of on and off over the last couple of years. But the reason cited by the, the online banks was increased cost in funding for them because the Fed increased rates in the US. So we may actually see um, the Fed rate increase affect people in Australia, even if the RBA doesn't increase rates, if other banks also feel the burn of that increased cost of funding and, and then have to pass it on um, to mortgage holders. So that, that's the, the kind of most direct way it could affect people, even if the cash rate here doesn't move. Yeah, wow. So it's a tough environment if you want to be in cash at the moment. Mm. Yeah, right. So that, I guess, leads us on to some alternative ways that you can uh, make use of any spare money that you've got. And there's a lot of sort of platforms out there and, and alternative mm. uh, sort of options and, and new apps that are starting to appear on the market, particularly mm. targeted towards millennials. Um, yeah. Are you doing any insights and, and, and providing information for, say, like our listeners on, on, on what's coming on the market? And can you give a few examples on, on what we can put our money into? Yeah, we can go through a few. Actually, you mentioned um, uh, millennials there. This is interesting, just related to a survey we did recently looking at people's kind of investment habits in Australia and whether people um, have invested funds. And it was about kind of a, only a quarter of people across Australia have ever invested funds in anything. But if you look at the percentage across generations, it actually goes down. Um, as you get closer to millennials. So baby boomers, one third of them tend to have invested. But when you look at um, um, Gen Y, it, it, it's less than a quarter. So all of these new platforms we can talk about now in a minute are all aimed um, at getting that millennial audience who have tend to have kind of high income and um, funds to spend but aren't, aren't necessarily investing, who are very tech savvy, who do everything on their phones, who listen to podcasts like your podcast. Um, <laughs> kind of getting them involved with with investing and also um trying to uh, promote ways of alternative investing like zero uh, percent brokerage fees and stuff so there's there's two kind of ones we can start off talking about which are robin hood and whaley these are zero dollar brokerage fee platforms robin hood is a, a us one that already exists and are launching in australia um, and they've got this kind of website if you go to it in australia where there's this thing you can sign up for information as, as to when they're going to launch and if you sign up you get put on a waiting list and, and they'll they'll give access to people in order of when they sign up to the, to the mailing list but if right. you sign up they'll immediately ask you to send the mailing list to friends so I, I did an experiment in the office and sent it to some people in the team and got them to sign up and just by getting three or four people to sign up I got from I think it was like a hundred thousandth in the waiting list to a thousandth oh um, wow by sharing it just two or three people. So you, you can skip the queue. It does feel a bit like schemey, I suppose, that they're kind of yeah. getting all these people to sign up. But it's the same strategy they used in the US and they got you know 500,000 people on board or something before it launched and it was successful over there. They don't charge a brokerage fee. There's also Whaley, which is an Australian startup. If you go to Whaley's website and Robin Hood's website beside each other, they look almost identical. Whaley have also got a thing where you can sign up they're not launched here yet but they'll have zero zero dollar brokerage and they have a very similar looking app but they've got only a thousand people in total or maybe 1300 in their mailing list so they're very much playing catch-up so both of these yet yeah, zero dollar uh, on trading the way they do make money is by charging a percentage um, of what's mm. in your account though so you, you know you don't get nothing for free in this world Whaley charges 0.5 percent on your total account balance and robin hood has a kind of flexible fee depending on the funds that you have in your account and the buying power that you have in your account going from 0.3 to 0.6 so these two are definitely 
kind of interesting options which enable you to to, to invest on your phone and they, they are cheaper than you know paying a certain percentage per trade so they're definitely worth looking at but they haven't launched yet so it's very much watch this space but maybe worth signing up for hmm. um and then the third one in this list which is a kind of similar platform but more directly aimed at, at giving people access to the u.s market is uh, is stake this is another australian startup um which is on your phone this is currently operating um and you can you can buy and sell shares in the u.s um with no brokerage fee this, these guys make money not not by charging a percentage of what's currently in your account but they charge a 0.7 percent on the funds when you convert your Australian dollars to American dollars. So, you know, say you, you transfer 100 grand across or 10 grand across or whatever, you get a, a percentage fee then. You can then invest as much as you want and leave it in there for as long as you want. Once you take it out, um, if you convert your profits back to Australian dollars, you'll get charged that same fee again. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of a, a different way of doing it, but, but you know, still a lower cost platform than other, others on the market. Mm-hmm. Now we we should have to declare our interest here that um we've actually <laughs> partnered with Stake to ah. offer people who want to sign up twenty five dollars towards their first trade. So you know everyone check that check that offer out. But we also should just declare that we've sort of um I guess we've picked sides in this brokerage free war that's going on. But but I'm interested in sort of joining the dot bet- dots between what you said about the you know the demographics works that. Uh, you and Finder have done when you surveyed um, different populations in Australia and what we're seeing in terms of the new investing platforms, it seems that Mm. brokerage itself has been identified as a big issue and a a big sticking point for people given that Robinhood, Whaley and Stake, all of their, I guess their major selling points is brokerage-free transactions. So was that something that you found in your survey work that brokerage was a big point of, I guess, resistance for people investing? I wouldn't say it was, it was brokerage fees particularly that were um, an issue. I think it was more knowledge. I mean, so of the, the sample size, about 25% have invested, but of the 75% of the Australian population who hadn't, most of those obviously didn't invest because they said they didn't have any funds spare to invest. So that's fair enough. But the, the biggest group of those that were left said they didn't invest because they didn't know how. Um, so it, it's just an accessibility issue more than anything. And what these apps are doing is is, is placing the, the tools to invest in the palm of your hand. I mean, everybody has a smartphone now. And so opening up that market and pre- presenting an ease of access to people who haven't had, had a way to invest before. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I have been thinking about this for a while, um, and this is something that I haven't even discussed with you, Ren, and I'd probably like your, both of your opinions on this, but... I definitely agree with that in that these apps are making it much more accessible to buy, but in doing so as well, they, you know, some of them make it so easy to just buy, say, for example, the company that, you know, be it Apple or Facebook with the click of a button that there's no actual investing research or fundamental or any idea about what you're actually doing that goes into that purchase. And so I, I mean, long-term, the ramifications of, of doing that um, could be quite dangerous. So I'm just wondering if, you know, yes, they've made it easy, but is it too easy, you know? That's an interesting one. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know which of us you wanted to answer, but that's an interesting one, giving people access um, without them needing necessarily to, to kind of build up the knowledge. Um, for me, it, it kind of links into Australia's, the best way to phrase this, Australia's ease of um, taking on gambling. So gambling is a really big thing in Australia. Pokies in, in every single pub is is not um, something that is normal in, in kind of most of the rest of the world. And when you have access to the share markets and you can invest and you can win, you can lose, um, but you don't have to have much knowledge. It, it does sometimes feel a little bit like gambling, you know, so it mm. is um, mm. definitely essential for people to 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 do the research on this and not just jump kind of head first in. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's an interesting one because there's so when you think about like the the users that would use, you know, Stake, uh Whaley or Robinhood, there's going to be a subset of users that would otherwise have used a more traditional investing platform but are attracted mm. to these platforms for whatever the reason, no brokerage, uh ease of use, uh different information. And so for those people that you know, understand the markets and all of that and are just choosing this platform over another platform, then I don't think there's any risk about making it easy, as easy as possible. But yeah. then there's obviously the other subset that but for these platforms wouldn't be investing in the first place. And mm. I, I understand I understand the concern, but I, I think, you know, g- given this the stuff that, um, you know, you found with your research, Graham, where so much of the population hasn't been exposed to the market in any meaningful way outside mm. of super, I guess. And and given that markets are, you know, the greatest long-term wealth creator that I guess we've ever seen in human history, but definitely in our lifetime, you know, if you if you can find a way to compound your money 9 10% a year every year outside of markets mm. over a long period of time, well... Well done, I guess. So, um, in, in the sense that it gets more people into the market, I think that's a good thing. And definitely, there's downside risk. There's risk that you know people are only investing in the you know the Fang stocks and stuff like that. And there's risk that people aren't doing their research properly. But I think exposing people to markets is worth it. That risk. Mm. So, Graham, just uh, quickly. With uh, the reason for men and women not 
uh, being in the markets and investing, is is the reason generally the same between both male and female or does it differ slightly? There's a slight difference where it becomes interesting and where it increases if you, if you look at the specific reasons um, that men and women cite for not investing. And the, the main one we found across the board was people saying they don't invest because they don't know how. So it's really a, a knowledge issue. But this was very different with, with men and women. Only 7% of men said that they don't invest because they don't know how or that they have a lack of knowledge, whereas that was 16% for women. So there definitely is a, a, a lack of knowledge there. But also... It's interesting looking at people who said they don't invest because they don't have funds spare to invest. That's also much higher for women. So only one in three men said that they can't afford to invest, basically. But that was um, that was a lot higher. That was 45% for women. So there's definitely potentially um, wage gap issues there that are causing uh, a blockage to investment potential. It's interesting. It's It seems just to be like a financial literacy thing because at the end of the day, like, that you don't saying you don't have money to spare to invest like of course everyone has different circumstances but even if it means putting away five dollars a week into and I'm, we'll talk about micro investing a bit later but you know it seems like a, an educational piece there for for both sides male and female is, is the main contributor yeah definitely and mm-hmm. that, that's one area where the, these kind of new apps and platforms can open up opportunities for people that that weren't there before with, with small funds one of the ones is acorns for example which is recently renamed themselves as, as rays i don't know mm. it's slightly questionable i um, know very acorns, controversial <laughs> i mean you sell you acorns for a, a a colder day but i don't know i don't know where rays is coming from um but those guys are very much focused on on that kind of demographic who feel like that so maybe those 45 percent of women and 33 percent of men who who feel that they don't have the funds to invest rays focus on on allowing you to to micro invest so to invest essentially the spare change um, from your transactions um, and they they take that on on board and they then invest that in kind of a spread um low risk portfolio and you can just watch your funds grow over time at least that's the idea they reckon um with just 30 dollars a month of investment you could you could build that up with a conservative portfolio to 1200 dollars in three years now on my reckoning that's about a seven percent return so it's double what you'll get with a you know a high effort savings account from um, any of the online banks so it definitely is, is is worth looking at but it's it's slightly less than, than you would get if if you um put your money in peer-to-peer lending so it, it's definitely worth considering all the multiple options but it, it's a very easy way to kind of um, save a little bit much of build is that seven percent including their fees the fees they charge are one dollar 25 per month so now that 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 was just a, a calculation on what the return would be based on what they said the return would be for twelve hundred dollars. Right. I don't know whether that okay. actually includes fees offhand, to be honest. Right, because um, one of the criticisms that Acorns often get is that a dollar twenty-five per month, and say you're only putting in ten bucks a month, mm. you know, as a percentage, the fees are quite high. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, from if you're Earth, involved, yeah, that's true. If you're only investing that that thirty dollars a month, true, that that will eat that up quite quickly. Yeah. But from an an educational sort of piece, I, I think it's a great app. I also wanted to just quickly go back on the Robinhood, Whaley and Stake. Do they all, Robinhood and Whaley, charge um, a, an exchange rate or is it just Stake? I just want to sort of clarify that for the listeners because it's quite an important thing where you need to add up all the fees and, and it, it might all seem fine and dandy to have free brokerage on all these things, but you need to look behind and, and actually understand the, the smaller parts. 
as as far as the information on the websites seems to say at the moment, it, it's it's just steak that charge it that way. They charge it based on when you convert, whereas Whaley and Robert are charged by uh, how much is actually in your account. So that's a different two ways of doing it. But right. the amount of information that's available about Whaley and Robinhood is quite limited because they're still both in launch stage. So it kind of is a case of wait and see with those two. I mean, I wasn't able to see whether or not they're going to provide access to the ASX, for example, as well as Australian shares. So, and there's no, because they're both still in the process of acquiring licenses and such, there's not even a timeline as to when they're going to launch. Um, so it, it'll all kind of become clearer in time, I think, with those two guys. Mm, right. Yeah. So we, we've spoken about the, the three apps that offer free brokerage. We, we've just touched on uh, micro-investing uh, with Acorns, well, now, now Raise. Mm-hmm. One other one that has sort of sprung up in Australia that is doing some interesting things is, uh, I guess you would call it, like fractional property ownership, I guess. There's probably a, an easier way to say it, but yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the app BrickX. So can you tell us a little bit about that? And um, have you guys, do, do you have any thoughts on it or um, have you done any research on it at Finder? Yeah, I have to say, I love this concept, but it gets incredibly complicated incredibly quickly. It, so this is BrickX. The idea being that it opens up the property market in Australia to people who 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 can't afford to buy a whole house. I mean, if you're talking about the median property price in Sydney is, is north of a million dollars at the moment, so that blocks a lot of people out. So the idea here is that they purchase a house and divide the house up into um, portions of a property which they call bricks. Each house divided up into ten thousand units essentially, and investors can can buy those units um, and then and then watch that investment value grow over time. You can sell the individual bricks later. You can also make rental income. Um, off those bricks and there's a 1.75 percent transaction fee whenever you buy and sell the problem is because there's so much involved in forecasting how much you'd make from this it's very very complicated to to actually look at what the what the returns would be there's a very long piece on business insider that's looking at trying to forecast this but um it's really probably too deep to get into in in a podcast And, and to be honest Looking at the property prices in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, they're uh, stagnant slash, you know, fluctuating. And they have been for a little while. Auction clearance rates are going down. So if you're going to divide up the return of investing in a property across 10,000 units, it's going to be a small enough return. Looking at the way property prices are going, um, you know, you need to weigh up your options and see and see whether kind of investing property is, is, is the best thing to do right now. And maybe wait and see what the market does. Yeah, the the really interesting thing for me with BrickX is so like there are two ways you make money as, as you were saying the the first one is rental income so you buy mm. a brick that's one ten thousandth of a property and you get one ten thousandth of the rental income but then you can also mm. make a capital gain so you can sell the brick back into the BrickX market. What what interests me though is BrickX are setting the price like. They're not selling the property when you want to sell your one brick. They're they're telling you what the price is for that property, and then you're selling at that price. You have no sort of bargaining power, I guess. So that that that's an interesting sort of point of leverage, I guess, that the app has over you. That if if they say you know property prices are cooling, then you're you sort of you're a price taker in that sense. What makes that interesting is it, it, the property price, as you say, is, is based on what, what they determined it is, which means it's based on some sort of valuation. So the increase in value is not based on what you would get if you actually sold your share in the property at that time. You know, it's based on what the market valuation is. So, yeah, as you say, it does give them leverage over you. 
Yeah, it's something that I'm definitely going to look into just from mm. an interest standpoint. I, I mean, this is something we could go into a bit later on, but I don't really understand the difference between it and, say, a, a REIT on, on the stock exchange. They both seem pretty similar in terms of uh, the idea. But anyway, um, well, Graham, I think that will be a, a wrap for us. It's been great to have you on the show. We, it's really good to sit down and discuss the sort of basics and fundamentals of of investing and, and growing your capital because it's so important to do. And now it seems that, you know, through places like Finder and, and the research that you're doing, it's becoming much more available to, to people like Alec and myself, the millennials, to find information and and then make a decision on where's the best way to put our, uh, our money. So, you know, we did, we did everything from the free brokerage through to the micro investing and, and, and the RBA and the interest rate. So thanks for sharing your time with us. And for anyone that's interested, are you on Twitter or Facebook or how can people get in contact with you for further information? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at gcook42. The, the 42 is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. It's not <laughs> gcook42. The answer to life, isn't it? I'm blog at find.com.au so you, you can check out that there. And that covers various different consumer topics as well. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that, you know, at the start of the interview, we discussed all those uh, fantastic resources that are available on Finder. So Alec and I will throw some of them, there's some links to our those in our blog. And yeah, again, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's It was fantastic to get a bit of your insights into this sort of stuff. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.